Hey everyone, it's Marvin and Rira here. Um, just wanted to, just wanted to, I guess, check in with all of you. Um, hope you're all doing well. Hope you all are staying safe and healthy. It's been quite a few weeks.、Um, we decided not to release our end of month episodes because、um, it just didn't seem or didn't feel like the right time to、um, put out. Content in the midst of everything that's happening. So these episodes are coming at you about a week and a half late.、Um, this episode will be the last recap of our Asian Books Challenge of Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Which、um, Rira, can you believe that like that was just a week ago? It it feels like yeah, it feels like it's been like three months, even though it was literally a week and a half ago. Uh, yeah, like it just didn't seem like the right time to promote anything that we were making because、um, I didn't want to take away from、um, the Black creators who are trying to promote their work and also speak out in the protests. So,、uh, thank you to everyone who listened to our podcast and for their patience.、Um, I hope you enjoy our recap of our Asian Books Challenge, and thank you. To everyone who participated, by the way,、um, it's just been so like I checked the hashtags and just to see so many books by Asian and Asian American authors.、Um, it's you know it's a great place to find recommendations. So thank you for everyone who participated. Yeah, we're in the middle of what appears to be some. I dare say revolutionary change in our country, or at least on the cusp of it. We're not there yet.、Um, there's been a lot of promises made, and I think in the next few weeks we'll see if those promises are fulfilled、um, by by the government, right?、Um, but yeah, it's a very、um, I want to say historic time for,、um, especially in in our lifetimes, that we're seeing this type of history being made in front of us. Yeah,、uh, I'm. You know, it's it's been just really, really hard.、Uh, like I, f- I feel overwhelmed. But I just think about,、uh, you know, like the Black community. They're, you know, they're going through much more、uh, than what what I'm feeling right now. What a lot of Asian Americans are feeling right now.、Um, it's been really encouraging to see young people take charge、uh, in a lot of the protests, and also. Uh, just book Twitter in general. It's been、uh, really nice to see、uh, people recommend really good books by、uh, Black authors and、uh, Black queer authors as well. Since it's Pride Month, it's been great to see like an uplift of of Black voices. I just hope that、uh, this continues. Like, I hope it's not like okay, like we bought a b- bunch of books by Black authors. Like we did our share of the work, good job. Like I hope that like people actually like. There's been a lot of sales for anti-racist books, and I'm just curious as to are people going to actually sit down and read them, and are people actually going to keep this going after、uh, the hashtag doesn't trend anymore?、Uh, it's something that comes to mind like really frequently for me. So.、Um, Yeah, it's been it's been overwhelming, but also encouraging. Like you said, it's like a historic moment for us in our lives. Yeah, and also thank you to everyone who's fighting. Whether you're protesting on the streets or supporting from home or just 
calling your representatives and making letting your voice be heard. I think everyone fights in their own way, and it's been really great to see at least um, our generation really step up and stand alongside the Black community um, because you know Black Lives Matter, and it's been great to see people really fighting to become the change that they want to see to create the world that they want to see. Yeah, like not that long ago, we talked to uh, Christina Sintornvad and her book was about, uh, you know, revolution. It's about like young people being able to make a difference, even in the smallest ways. So, um, yeah, it's been really great to see our generation and also Gen Z uh, really stepping up and, um, you know, using their knowledge and resources and energy to really uh, bring this movement to new heights. So yeah, on behalf of Books and Boba, um, thank you for everything you do. Um, thank you for sticking with us. And and if you're interested in learning more ways that you can support, uh, we're including some links in our show notes um, on this episode with resources that can help you find ways to support the movement as well. So um, I guess now the show. You're listening to Whoa. Hey, welcome back to Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Marvin Yue. And I'm Rira Yu. And it is the end of May. Um, and man, Rira. Yes. First of all, how are you doing? Because it's been, between the last time we talked and today, it's been probably one of the most stressful weeks. <laughs> For a lot of us, yeah. and like that's us as like East Asians living in like the East Side of Los Angeles. Like, I can't even imagine how it is for like other people in LA right now, especially people who live further downtown. Actually, my actually my town had a protest today, and there were like several hundred people. And, really? Uh, yeah, and, and things did get pretty heated. So, wow. Uh, yeah, that was a little bit stressful. Um, and then we, you know, you and I both have friends who who have been on the front lines for <laughs> for the protests in downtown LA. So, yeah, um, um, yeah, just worried about them as well. So uh, it's been it's been pretty tense uh, over the last like week and a half. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of glad that May is is done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all thought. We're in a pandemic. Everyone's going to be like focused on like finding the same thing. And then as often happens in the books we read, um, complications get thrown in and um, things that have been set up for the first, let's say, like 100 acts of this country has finally boiled over again. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like a season finale of a post-apocalyptic show, but the showrunners <laughs> don't know how to end the show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it feels right now. So it is the end. Uh, we're recording this on May 31st. Uh, we're coming at you a little bit later. Um, this episode is going to actually be our last recap for our Asian Books Challenge for Asian American Heritage Month. Our discussion of our 
May Buklapik, The Woman Warrior, will be coming out later this week, hopefully. Um, Rima and I, um, or <laughs> more likely, I kind of woke up in a funk and just wasn't in the right headspace to talk about a book. So um, we're going to bring it to you a little bit later. I think people will understand. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we left off on day 23 of our Asian Books Challenge. And the category for that was graphic novel, as well as graphic memoir. Yeah, just any novel with graphics. In yeah, it. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So what did you pick for this one? Uh, for day 23, my personal pick was They Called Us Enemy by George Takei and uh, Justin Isinger and Stephen Scott. And it was illustrated by Harmony Becker. It's a graphic memoir about George Takei's childhood uh, when he and his family were uh, sent to a Japanese-American internment camp during World War II. So... Um, I have not read this book yet. I actually no, I that that's not true. I read like the first couple of pages, but I uh, unfortunately was not able to finish it. But it looks great. Um and I've heard wonderful things about it. Yeah. Um I think throughout this books challenge we've talked at length about a couple books that have to do with internment and how it's a it's something that's a you know, people often say it's a dark stain on American history, and it's definitely something that not a lot of people will know about past, like the the surface level um, history, which is like Japanese Americans were incarcerated during World War Two. So, anything to make this content more um, accessible, I think, will go a long way to building empathy, and especially with the big name attached to it, like George Takei, who lived through it, and it's kind of wild to have people still alive who live through that stuff when the tensions and the um, rhetoric that caused all that pain is like appearing again yeah yeah and um it's written in a child's point of view it's written uh from like when george takei was a kid um huh? when he was at this camp so um i think this is the first graphic work i've seen tackle the subject uh, so it does, it, it's interesting. I wonder how, um, young readers will be able to read it and comprehend some of the content. Yeah. Uh, so my pick for day 23 was, uh, Monstrous, which is the ongoing like comic book series, uh, written by Marjorie Liu and illustrated by Sana Takeda, um, set in alternate 1900s Asia, like say like post-war era in a world that's, um, it's Asian, inspired fantasy um and it's a world that's dominated by matriarchal societies um and involves a girl who has like a cosmic being um bonded to her that gives her powers and her quest for revenge pretty much against the people who killed her mother it was one of our first um book club picks i think it was either a second or third book club pick for books and boba i think it yeah, was our third um, that was book. when the first volume com yeah. comes out i think um the latest chapter just came out probably this week it's a really intense story um Rira, how, how um have you caught up since we uh, finished that first because the first volume was like chapters one through five and now they're up to i think 25 or 30 like they're they've already released like a trade with the first three volumes and now they're in like volume five uh no i have not caught up but i definitely should i'm i'm the type of person when it comes to like graphic uh when it comes to like graphic novels comics and mangas i like wait until 
uh, it's like, there's like enough chapters where I can just like sit down and like read a bunch of chapters Mm. in like one day. So, um, I think now monstrous is at that point where I can like buy a tome and just sit down and finish it within a day. But the story is definitely ramping up and it's going to be the kind of thing where, you know, sometimes you fall off of a series and then, so it's like, it comes to like season four right and it's on streaming now so you binge the four seasons and you finally catch up and then you're like damn i need to wait like three months for the next chapter now because i've caught up i've binged it um that is how the series is okay well um as someone who has been reading the same manga for like 18 years waiting for it to end i think i have the patience uh, and, and like the, uh, just a quick note for, uh, Books and Boba's official pick, uh, I put up Everyone's an Alien When You're an Alien 2 mm. by Jomni Sun. Uh, it was one of our, um, it was also one of our book club picks early on. And I think this is a perfect book to read during, uh, quarantine and all of the, uh, horrible, horrible events that are happening. Um, it's very light. You can finish it within like maybe like two hours. Uh, it's full of humor and heart. So I do <laughs> recommend it to those who yeah, have not read it yet. Definitely. Because I think, um, I mean, your pick was pretty heavy. My pick monsters is pretty dark and, um, graphic. So, um, if you, if you're looking for something that won't make you sad, um, definitely Jomney's book is the way to go. All right, moving on uh, to day 24, Asian superhero. Yeah, so this one I picked our, uh, again, it's a Books and Boba pick. It's actually our inaugural pick. This is the first book we ever read for this book club. Uh, and it's Heroin Complex, um, the first book of the Heroin Complex series by Sarah Kuhn about a world that's under constant threat of demonic invasion. And the only line of defense for San Francisco is a superhero um, named Avita Jupiter and her personal assistant, which is her best friend, who actually has powers of her own. And um, it's a really fun book. I really enjoyed it. I still need to catch up. I haven't read the third book yet. And it's been on my TBR list for like ever. Um, sorry, Sarah. I don't think I was supposed to tell you that. But um, it's a really fun book. And fun fact is, um, so Sarah Kuhn wrote a lot of this book in a bookstore that she frequents in Culver City, California called um, The Rip Bodice, which is a bookstore that sells like primarily romance novels. And so um, you can kind of see some of that influence in her book because this story also includes one of the first, well, the first ever um, love scene I've ever read in a book. And um, I think it was the first time I've ever seen people be super horny in a in a novel. And um, I've never been the same since. Yeah, I think I was pretty surprised too. Um, you can probably you, you can listen to our first episode, and we do talk about the side <laughs> of horniness and how it kind of caught us all off, off guard. Uh, my pick is also a books and boba pick. Uh, it's not your sidekick by CB Lee, um, and it's part of the Sidekick Squad series. And we actually interviewed uh, CB for our podcast. And um, what I really love about this book is it's like a fun twist on the superhero genre. Um, like every it, it's post-apocalyptic and you have a wonderful queer d- diverse cast. And um, it just goes to show that even in a post-apocalyptic in a post-apocalypse where your parents are superheroes, you can still find ways to disappoint them. 
So, uh, so it's a really fun book. I think, um, I think it's also a pretty good book to read during quarantine. It, it's light and it's funny and also very smart. All right. Day 25, Asian MC with a disability. Uh, Rira, what did you pick here? I picked, um, I picked This Is My Brain in Love by I.W. Gregorio. Uh, we had Eileen not that long ago on our show. And, um, for me, I, I have generalized anxiety disorder and I also have clinical depression, just like the two protagonists in the book. And, um, like I thought it was such a great portrayal of what it like what it's like to be uh someone who's from a marginalized group and have mental illness and trying to like figure out a way to cope with that when you're still a teenager. I thought it was a really really good portrayal of that. So yeah. that was my pick. Uh, mine's uh, again is a book club pick. Um Everything Here is Beautiful by Mira T. Lee, um which we read I think last fall. Um, it's a book about two sisters, the younger one, which who suffers from, um, I don't think they ever define it in the book where they never have a, like a clear diagnosis, but it's some sort of like schizophrenic disorder um, and how that affects the relationship between the two sisters. Yeah, it's not a particularly happy read. It kind of, it takes a very, um, I guess, would you say raw or um, like realistic look at the effects of not only mental illness on the person who has it but also the people around them how they how it affects their world and kind of defines who they become yeah and i i think it also raises uh some important questions about like the broken state of our healthcare system and just how culture can affect our perspective on mental illness because uh um as we've spoken on uh, previous episodes, mental illness is still kind of a taboo in the Asian American community, and also um, also other in, like, minority communities groups. in general, it's, right? And like yeah, immigrant communities in general. And I think the book did a really good job, like showing how uh, like what their perspective is on mental illness and how to cope with it, and like why it's considered taboo. So yeah. Uh, we we talk a lot about that on our episode, um, on our book discussion episode. Yeah. All right. Day 26, uh, Asian American literature classic. What did you pick, Marvin? Um, for So for this one, I picked um, No No Boy by John Okada, um, which is a, I guess it's considered a classic. I mean, Penguin um, obviously thinks so when he tried to steal <laughs> the rights to it <laughs> last year. Um it's a book written by um, another person who was formerly incarcerated. Um, it's about um, the Nono Boys who are um, – so the generally, I guess, accepted narrative of Japanese incarceration where Japanese Americans are put into incarceration camps because they question their loyalty. And then a, a group of men volunteer to join the army to prove their loyalty, and that's what's formed the 442nd. The story that's not often told is are the draft resistors, right? The people who explicitly decided not to join the army, not to um, denounce their Japanese heritage and to um, pledge undying loyalty to the United States. Um, like the people who, like we kind of see today, felt that why should they 
prove their loyalty when the country isn't like reciprocating, right? So yeah, when they're seen um, as enemy of the state, when they're literally sending them to concentration camps, like why should they pledge loyalty to a country that has betrayed them? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um, this is a story about the repercussions because these people were obviously also ostracized within the community for like not advancing the narrative that Japanese people are just as American um, sound familiar. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a, it's a classic that John Okada wrote and published and it didn't actually become popular or, or successful until after his death when someone in Seattle kind of found the manuscript or found the novel and like republished it. So it's definitely a classic that is taught in, I think it's required reading for a lot of like intro to Asian American lit classes and, and for good reason, because it's, um, it's such an important like hidden narrative that we're not exposed to. Yeah. And like how it got published is probably just as important as the story that he tells in his novel. Yeah. Um, I picked, uh, this is a pick that Marvin has already mentioned in a previous day's prompt. Uh, my pick was Farewell to Manzanar, which was published in 1973. Uh, also a book about Japanese-American internment, and it's a memoir by uh, Jean Wakatsuki Houston. Uh, since Marvin already talked about it in a previous episode, <laughs> I'm just going to uh, I'm going to mention Books and Boba's uh, official pick for the literature classic category. And that was The Woman Warrior by Maxine Hong Kingston, uh, which was our book for May 2020. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about it in our discussion <laughs> episode, but what was, what was your overall th- thought on it? Or I guess like, like, is there a thought that you want to share? <laughs> I thought, so we're obviously going to be talking more in depth about this book in our next episode. Um, I want to say that I'm glad I finally got to read it. I thought I found it really interesting um, in context too, because of like the controversies around it and the, critical analysis since it got published in I think the 70s um so I think we have a lot to talk about um in terms of how this book both in what this book has to say like the text itself and also the context of the text in like when it was published and and what people think about it yeah um I was pretty surprised when I read like the first uh the first chapter the first story of the book because it's been pitched to me as nonfiction, as a memoir, as an autobiography. And it's just a really weird genre blend of like folklore and uh, like not all of the perspectives are from Maxine's point of view. So I was pretty surprised at like the structure of it. And the style is like really interesting um, it's something that I haven't really seen in literature over, overall, so I was pretty surprised by that. Yeah, I mean, it's Asian culture, Chinese cultures in particular, I can't speak to any other culture, does tend to tell histories through story. So I think that was something that was really, that resonated with me with how the, the stories were told. Um, and yeah. We'll talk more about it. <laughs> Next up, day 27, uh, West Asian main character so longtime listeners of books and boba will know that we when we talk about asian and asian american authors we're talking about the most broadest categorization of what asia is and that involves everything from east asia all the way to what's colloquially known as the middle east um for that we use the definition west asia to define that um so we're talking about syria persia turkey 
um, Persian Iran, 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 yeah, yeah. Iraq, <laughs> <laughs> Iran, um, that area. So for for people who are confused by our definitions, that's that's what it means. Um, what did you pick for this, Rira? I picked Darius the Great is not okay by Adi Koram. That one too. It really resonated with me. <laughs> um, I. Like if you follow Books and Boba on on Twitter, you'll see that I recommend this book pretty often when it comes to lists or uh, just like answering other people's questions about book recommendations. Um, this is also a book that uh, touches upon what it's like to have depression. So, um, but it's actually like a very uh, breezy read. It's a slice of life novel. And I mean, it's a lot of genres. It's, it's a lot it's, of genres, yeah. yeah. It's also a Return to the Motherland book. It's a coming-of-age book. It's a, would you say it's kind of like a rom-com? More like a like a, like a low-key indie rom-com type Yeah, it's a, it's a right? low-key <laughs> indie rom-com. If, like, I could totally see this as an independent film. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if it got optioned or if, you know, they're planning on making it into an adaptation, but I would love to see it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really, really like this book. Um, I think like it's a very heartwarming book. It teaches you that even though you're an outcast, uh, there's always going to be that one person out there who feels like home and makes you feel like you belong. And it also touches upon like what it's like to not speak the language that your family speaks and, uh, not feeling that you're Asian enough or an American enough. So I think it touches upon a lot of important things and just beautifully captures it all, in my yeah, opinion. I agree. Speaking of trip to the motherland stories, um, day 28 is exactly that. It's summer trip to the motherland. Um, you know, in, hind- in hindsight, I should have made that broader. Um, <laughs> I, should, I should have just said trip to the motherland. <laughs> Because all of the books I, I thought of that I thought fit into that prompt were actually like different seasons. Like, oh, it's not a summer trip. It's a winter trip. <laughs> or like, I mean, it's I, a spring I, trip. I kind of stressed the interpretation for my pick because I had already chosen Lovable Taipei and Dares the Great is not okay. So I was like, damn, I did not strategize these picks well. But, uh, <laughs> um, what did you pick for this one? Um so I picked I Love You So Mochi by uh, Sarah Kuhn, uh, the author of the mm. Heroin Complex series. And uh, yeah, this this takes place in the spring and not the summer. <laughs> um, it's about a Japanese-American girl who, you know, wants to study fashion when she goes to college. And she gets invited to go to Kyoto, where her estranged grandparents live. And uh, during her spring break, she befriends a boy and there's like some neat, cute stuff <laughs> happening. And uh, I just really love travelogue books. So uh, this was definitely my jam. So and this is a Sarah Kuhn joint. So I have to ask, how horny is it? It's it's a middle grade novel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> Um, and and like you said, Love Bo Taipei, that was Books and Boba's official pick for this category. And we yeah. talked to um, Abigail on, on our show. So if you want to check that interview out, that's episode 88. Oh, lucky 88. Lucky. Oh. Yeah, lucky 88. Yeah. My pick for this category was, um, like I said, I stretched the prompt a little bit to fit this, um, was The Leavers by Lisa Ko. It's a dual narrative story about a mother who has to give up her son because she gets deported um, back to China. 
and also the son who gets adopted by a white family and his like search for um, closure on that separation. So, um, um, and part of that, inv- and part of that involves a trip back to his hometown um, in Fujian, China, um, in search for his mother and the family that like, kind of left him behind. Right. So, it is a former books and book club pick. So, if you want to hear more of our thoughts about the book, you can search out that episode. But it's definitely a book that I recommend for people to read. Um, but again, it's also a a uh, more it's, it's a more serious it's a more like, serious yeah, read. Yeah. You, you have to be in like the right mental headspace for it. Um and on our episode yeah. we actually had Lily Rugo, our friend, uh who's a bookseller and who's also a Chinese American adoptee. And she also uh talked about her experience as an adoptee and how she related to the adoptee in the book. So I do highly yeah. recommend that you listen to that episode. Um, so moving on, day 29, nonfiction by an Asian author. Yeah. So for this one, I picked um, Serve the People, Making Asian America in the Long 60s by Karen Ishizuka. Um, Karen Ishizuka is uh, the chief curator at the Japanese American National Museum. And this is a book that covers like the Asian American movement in the civil rights era of the 60s, which I think in this like current climate and time is something that more people should learn about. Right. So um for any Asian American out there interested in learning about our community's roots um, and history in civil rights, organizing and movements and, and solidarity, um, definitely it's a book that's worth reading. You know, we're all talking and thinking about how to become better allies and better um, advocates for minorities in this country, right? So um there are resources like this that will give you the context to you know move forward and find your place and everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I've also seen this book be picked as a uh, like I've also seen this book floating around for this prompt as well. So definitely, <laughs> other other uh, people agree. Um, what did I pick? Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, for day twenty nine, I picked EJ Ko's memoir, "The Magical Language of Others." Um, mm-hmm. I have not read this memoir because much like Pachinko, this is a book that I want to read, but I am also really terrified of reading it. Um, <laughs> so in her memoir, EJ Ko, uh, she shares stories about her tumultuous teen and young adult years after her parents moved to South Korea, um, after her father gets like a lucrative job offer. And what's supposed to be a temporary three-year absence uh, turns into several years, almost a decade, I think, Um, probably more than a decade. Um, But it's about like, it's about EJ just kind of, um, you know, missing her parents and not having um, the support that she needed during that time and learning how to reconcile uh, with her mother and a lot of the memoir is consists of letters that uh, EJ's mom sent her and uh, wow. they're translated and they also have like the original Korean letters. So I'm very intrigued, uh, but I'm very, very hesitant to read it <laughs> because I have a very complicated relationship with my mother and um, also like I was in a similar situation where like my dad did get a pretty good job offer, but but he turned it down. So I didn't end up like EJ. Um, 
So yeah, <laughs> it's a book that I'm pretty uh, scared to read, but I really want to read it. Uh, a lot of our Instagram followers have said wonderful things about it. Um, I've seen this book like featured in so many uh, best books of 2020 uh, lists. So I am excited to read it once I'm in the right headspace for it. Um, okay, moving on to day 30 of Asian Books Challenge, which is a 2020 debut novel. Ria, what'd you pick for this one? Uh, so for day 30, I picked The Silence of Bones by June Her. Um, it's set in 1800s Korea, so during Joseon Dynasty, and it follows a Tamil, and Tamil is an indentured servant to the police bureau, and they're women, and their job is to pretty much like help the police investigate in areas where men can't investigate. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so the main character is a 16 year old Tamil. And uh, she is tasked with assisting this very well-respected young inspector uh, who has been charged with murder. So there you go. It's a very interesting premise. Uh, <laughs> I'm all for historical mystery novel. I'm all for historical mysteries because um, you don't have like the fancy gadgets that we have now. Yeah, there's no forensics, right? Yeah, of course not. <laughs> They, they don't even no, have like, fingerprints. No chemicals. <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty cool, actually. Um, definitely a book that I want to put on my TBR pile as well. Because I want to see, you know, I want to see different spins on the detective story. Uh, my pick for this category is um, Stand Up Yumi Chung by Jessica Kim. Um, which uh, is, well, not, it wasn't a book club pick, but we did interview Jessica um, when, when the book first came out. It's a middle grade novel about um, Yumi Chung, who is a, is she what, 12 year old girl who dreams of becoming a stand up comedian. Um, but her parents who own a Korean barbecue do not approve. And so um, it's about that, uh, that coming of age tension between first and second generation parents and children. Um, I believe. You picked this for an earlier. Yeah, pick I picked well, it for so. I picked it for day twenty, and the prompt was <laughs> middle grade novel. Yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. It was the first middle grade novel that I read in a while, so it was um, it was a nice change of pace to read something that's more um, easier to get through, I guess, um, more breezy. Yeah. Um, and like, congrats to Jessica on her debut. Um, for Books and Boba's official pick, it was um, Alexandra Chang's Days of Distraction. Um, it follows a millennial Chinese-American tech writer who moves from Silicon Valley to upstate New York after her longtime white boyfriend gets, it, gets accepted into a grad school. And it's pretty much about her, like, trying to figure out who she is uh, when all these other people are, you know, labeling her. Um, if you've read Goodbye Vitamin, which was a former pick uh, for our book club, or Chemistry by Wiki Wang, uh, it's kind of a similar vibe from what I've, from what I've heard. And the book came back, and the book came out in March. So it is a very recent debut. Yeah. Finally, um, day 31, the last day of Asian Books Challenge, the last day of May, the last day of Asian American Heritage Month. 
Um, and the prompt is simple. <laughs> Next book by an Asian author on your TBR pile. Um, Rira, what was your pick? I picked two books uh, because I'm reading more than one right now. Uh, the first one is American as Paneer Pie by Supriya Kelkar. Um, it's a middle grade novel and it's about an Indian American girl who uh, learns how to stand up to microaggressions at her school. Um, and I think it's a very important topic, especially considering um, a lot of the horrible things that are happening right now. Um, it's really important for younger readers to gain empathy and to know why racial microaggressions are bad and how it can be a toll on uh, the people that it's targeted towards. Um, and the book comes out in, I think, the first week of June. I think it's June 9th when it comes out. And the second book that I picked was Eva Evergreen, Semi-Magical Witch. And it's about a teenage, not a teenage witch, I guess like a preteen witch uh, <laughs> who doesn't have a lot of magical powers and she's supposed to pass this magical test. Otherwise, her powers will be gone forever. So one of the tests, one of the test requirements is that she has to live in a town and she has to uh, pretty much use magic to help out the town. And uh, what she does is open up a repair shop. So she uses like small magic to um, help out the villagers. It it gives me a lot of Kiki's delivery service vibes and <laughs> uh, like I'm a sucker for it. So I'm like nice. really excited to uh, get started on reading it. Yeah. And I totally cheated for this one because I picked the book that we'll be reading for June 2020 as part of Books and Boba um, because technically it is on my TBR list. Um, and that is Convenience Store Woman by Sayaka Murata, um, translated by Ginny Tapley Takamori. And it's a book that we've um, we've covered before, right? When it was announced for translation. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's... a. Uh, you know, Rima and I were talking and we figured let's put a moratorium on heavy reads for a little bit. Um, <laughs> we want to we want to read something that doesn't fill us with existential dread. And so um, this is a I guess it's a slice of life story about a woman who works at a convenience store. Uh, yeah, it's a quirky book from what I've been told. Um, it's about a 36 year old Japanese woman. Uh, who work, Who has worked at a convenience store for 18 years. And she's perfectly happy. Um, but her family and the people around her are like, what's wrong with you? You're in a dead-end <laughs> job. Uh, you should be getting married. And uh, what happens is she enters like a fake relationship with um, this. Oh, now I know why you picked this book. <laughs> no, 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 no. The thing is, it's a fake relationship, but not really. <laughs> like, like there's like no romance involved it's just like hey everyone i have a boyfriend but really she does not have a boyfriend <laughs> um but yeah like from what i've heard the main character is very quirky um she seems to be aromantic um asexual um mm. so yeah like from what i've heard it's a really fun read and it's very short it's I don't think it's 200 pages even. So uh -huh. I, I figure that you and I will get through it 
fairly quickly. And I'm very excited to um, delve into the world of Japanese convenience stores because... Oh my god, they're magical. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do we know if it's a 7-Eleven or a Family Mart? I don't know. Or a, or a, what's a, or, or a Lawson's. Lawson's. <laughs> Man. I'm, yeah. I miss Japan. I miss... <laughs> I want to go back one day. But yeah, um, that that was our last book pick for Asian Books Challenge 2020. Uh, Rira, thank you so much for putting this challenge together. And thank you everyone listening who participated on Twitter or Instagram. It was really, really great to see everyone's book picks and everyone participating. And I want to say that we helped a lot of people realize how many books by Asians there are out in the world, both upcoming and existing. Yeah, Um just looking through the hashtag, I'm really impressed by the sheer diversity of books by Asian authors. Um, I hope that this challenge really encouraged people to read outside of their comfort zones and to pretty much like, please continue reading books by Asian authors all year <laughs> round. <laughs> like, like, I know it was Asian Heritage Month, but for us, it's always Asian Heritage Month. Like, we read a book by an Asian author every month. And yeah. um, even even then, there's like we there's no way we can catch up to all of the uh, great books that are coming out every year. So I'm really glad that this challenge uh, put some pretty obscure books on the map as well. Yeah. And that will also do it for this episode of Books and Boba. Um, stick around our discussion of our May 2020 book club pick. The Woman Warrior by Maxine Hong Kingston will be coming at you probably in a few days later this week. But yeah, um, we'll see you next time on Books right. and Boba. Thanks for Bye. listening. Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This podcast was hosted by Marvin Yue and Ri Ryu and edited and produced by Marvin Yue. Follow the book club on Twitter and Instagram by going to at Books and Boba and engage with us on Goodreads on our Goodreads group. You can also check out past episodes of the podcast by going to booksandboba.com and by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-American-hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about the collective and check out our fellow Potluck shows by visiting the website podcastpotluck.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'm Bill Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we've got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace.